Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alina Beverly. I'm your host, Alina, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. The month of August marks the end of my first year having a podcast. It feels so crazy to say that. Like, I can't even put into words how crazy it feels <laughs> to say that. Um, and I just want to start out by saying thank you to every single person, every single one of you who has listened to this, who has encouraged me, who has supported me, who has prayed for me, who has participated and been on the first year, all of the things. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I thought it would be fun to take a look back um, before we start a new year and go into the second year of Pour It Out, I thought it would be fun to look back over some of the older episodes and some of the, the ones that we did in this first year. So for the month of August, for the rest of the month of August, we are going to take a little look back. And I will be sharing a few times a week. Um, I'm going to do a couple a week and just share some of the older episodes. Um, I want to say I have no rhyme or reason for sharing the ones that I do. Um, I had all of these great ideas to ask for feedback and everything. And to be honest, um, this summer has just been filled with a lot of unexpected things. And um, if you listened to a podcast a few weeks ago that I did, you know what I'm talking about. But between surgery and uh, setbacks after surgery and just craziness. I wasn't able to do things the way that I had originally planned. So I am just going to randomly be showing <laughs> or picking um, a few episodes. And so each week there will be a few for you to listen to. If you have never listened to them, please do take some time and listen to some of the ones I hope that they encourage you. I hope that they make you smile and I hope more than anything that they push you closer to Jesus. And if you have listened to them, I hope that you'll go back and listen to them because there are some really great conversations early on um, that you may have forgotten about or maybe just need to hear again uh, to get some fresh encouragement, some fresh hope. So I hope that you enjoy it. Grab your favorite coffee, your favorite tea, your favorite drink. And join me as I pour it out with some of my friends and some of the awesome, awesome people in our wonderful community. All right, Matt Kaiser, it's good to have you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And it's such a beautiful day. Are you so excited? No, Elena, listen, it's February. You and it's know, like 60 degrees. What is it? What is it's, this? It's mid-February. And here's what I'm going to tell you. In a month when all the bugs are out and the mosquitoes and you're complaining and everybody in the area is complaining, I'm going to say, you remember in January and February no. when it was 70 degrees no. and mild? No. Here's my, my thing back to you. So back when we had that like big freeze and it was freezing, 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 frigid. And then it got warm again. There were bugs out. And I was like, that is a lie. They don't kill No, bugs. you need more than a couple days. You no. need long stretches of and, winter and mm -mm. ice and snow. Nope. And nope, nope, nope. And also last year or the year before, we had a really terrible winter. And the bugs were still miserable. So <laughs> that's not. I was like. This is so perfect that we're recording today because yeah. it is so glorious. Yeah, I think uh, God has a sense of humor. So, yeah, I I will enjoy it, right? We will be outside. The kids will be outside. Be I like want to love. I know, it's, but it's stupid. It's February, <laughs> what? It's like the day after Valentine's Day and 70 degrees. So, oh. so, yes, it's a beautiful day. Yes, I'm going to complain <laughs> because it should be snowy and it's not. And Wow. I'm real happy. I was real happy that I was interviewing you of all people. Well, you know, there's a few of us here that still appreciate good Ohio cold weather. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. I am loving all yeah, yeah. of it. Um, okay. Well, 
tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for one, this podcast, then really, really great, really inspirational that you took this step and started doing it. It's been really cool to, to hear how God is using you and your voice and people you're bringing on. And I don't know why in the world you would ever invite me uh, to be on this podcast, but here we are. And I was also thinking about this, like, um, I'll get to me in a minute. I don't like talking about myself, but like, when did we first meet? I Was it when you worked for the state and yeah. when we worked for the state? So yeah. But Seems you were like, so quiet. We didn't yeah, even yeah. talk. Yeah, I know, right? And actually, this is actually our first real conversation. Yeah, I was telling true. a friend that I said, I've never actually had a conversation other than through like Instagram yeah. and like small chit chats and passing. Mm -hmm. and passing. But so this will be fun because it's the first yeah, time yeah. that we've really sat down. And yeah. Like, so we were actually when we worked together at the state, we were actually so you worked unemployment uh -huh. and I was on the reemployment workforce side. So we were told like we weren't allowed to talk to anybody in the building. So that's only like that's actually partially true. But yeah, there was this weird divide between what yeah. we did and what you all did. And it was this like really serene, quiet, peaceful environment. Whereas like our little group of four or five were probably obnoxious. So we were kicked out of the building a lot. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Well, yeah, I was pregnant and I like went on maternity leave and came back and it wasn't long after I came back that you had stepped into mm -hmm. full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. And so literally like all I remember is seeing you mm -hmm. like walk around the office. Yeah. Um, a little bit here and there and i think maybe saying hi to you yeah, but that's about it yeah. that's about the extent that of was it. it yeah so me um i'm from chillicothe so born and raised and you know i always tell people this like um at least in our my age group there were two groups of people from the area there were those that i cannot wait to get out of chillicothe as soon as i am 18 or graduate Peacing out, and I'm never that was you, and here you are, right? <laughs> right? And here I am, right? And so then there was the other group of people, you know them, they have to this day have never left mm -hmm. Ross County. And so those were the two groups of people. I was always in the middle. I love Chillicothe, and yet I wanted to get I moved out as soon as I could. Um, moved away to college, couldn't wait to leave, but I always knew I would come back. I love I love where I'm from. Um, I thought it would be closer to, I thought we would retire here. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to retire here. It just looked a little differently. So um, from Chillicothe, love my hometown. Um, been married to uh, Amber, my wife now for 21 plus years. So yeah, it's been a while, been, mm -hmm. been, a, been a journey. So um, she's from the area, grew up in a small town called Hallsville. Went to Zane Trace. So if you've ever been out to Hawking Hills, you've probably passed the house that she grew up in. And uh, we grew up in church together. And so um, she was a she's a few years older than me. She's gonna you might want to edit that part out <laughs> if this makes it. She's gonna be so mad that I said that. But just a few years, not uh, nothing drastically. Um, but anyway, we got married and then we moved away to Virginia Beach. And oh. yeah, that beach the one that's like we were seven miles from the beach and we probably went once a year we lived there for about four years we would never go during like the tourist season because it was just jam-packed um we literally lived seven miles from the beach and we would go uh, very rarely if people would come from out of town hey we're in town whatever and then we go so my plan was to keep moving down the coast and eventually moved to Florida, which I know is going to wreck your brain because there's zero snow mm -hmm. in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, but that was my plan. And then um, we might get to this later, but then we started having children and uh, we just never wanted to move, um, move our kids and from grandparents. So um, had our first son and moved back to Ohio and have been here ever since. So um, didn't know what that would look like for us when we came back and uh Ended up going back to the church we grew up in, and that was forever ago. And now we're a part of Centerpoint Church and have been since way before uh, day one. So, And you are the administrative pastor, is that right? Yeah, is you can call it role? anything. So it's officially executive pastor, executive pastor so okay. over administration, over finances, okay. all the all the business type things of the church. Yeah. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff, all yeah. Fun stuff. And then remind me ages and names of your kids yes so we have four kids 
and they are from senior isaiah is a senior all the way down to our baby girl who's a kindergartner so we will have in a 24-hour period a kindergarten graduation oh and a senior uh, graduate and I will be, but my wife is already a wreck. So we have Isaiah, who's a senior. He's 18, just turned 18 two days ago. Uh, we have Noah, who's 14. He's a freshman. And then we have, just because there's no benchmark year to this, we have London, who's uh, eight, be nine here in a couple of weeks, third grade. And then Elliot, our baby girl, who is six and a kindergarten. And people always ask, so did you keep going until you had a girl? And the answer is no. Like we were, we were apparently not officially finished, um, but we were done having kids. And as a matter of fact, um, let's see, must have been in 2015, 16. Um, she was born in 16. When my wife found out she was pregnant, I was actually in Houston at some executive pastor coaching. I was on a bus going from one place to where we were having dinner and my wife called to let me know that she was pregnant. And uh, she knew that um, it was probably better that I was far away because we weren't, we were not expecting to have another child. And, but looking back, obviously, like, thank God, like mm -hmm. she's our baby girl. She's God sent. She was, she's everything we ever wanted. And uh, my wife's best friend, my best friend. So, oh. yeah. So, I remember when you guys announced that you were having her and like my jaw dropped. And at that yeah. time, I mean, it's, we've always kind of had this like, I know you, but I don't relationship mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember being like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was our reaction to Elena. So we have like, so a lot of our friends that are, you know, our age, like they're about to be empty nesters mm -hmm. in the next year, two, three years. And like, there's some jealousy. It's like, <laughs> oh, like I see how quote easy their life is. And it's like, we're really kind of starting over. Um, I like to say that it's keeping me young, having wow. young children. Um, and it is, and also the reality of we're older, you know, so, uh -huh. um, but yeah, it was a shell shock for us. And then, so once we kind of got used to, okay, we're, we're having another baby, we started to think, okay, clearly this is going to be another boy, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. God is not going to give us a girl. Like there's, he's not, he loves us too much to have a girl. So we have all, we know how to parent mm -hmm. boys. Mm -hmm. We know, we have all the boys things. Mm -hmm. And then we found out we're having a girl. And uh, I think it was Isaiah. Gosh, so at the time he was, you know, 12, 11 or 12. When he found out we're having a, a girl, like he literally like shared my sentiment and cried like, we can't have a girl, you know. Um, but they're best friends now. So obviously. But yeah, God has a sense of humor. Um, we were finished. We weren't having a girl. And here we are. Uh -huh. So and she is um she is she's been raised by wolves so she can mm -hmm. handle herself she's mm -hmm. tough sassy and all the things you know mm -hmm. you know how the girls are mm -hmm. so. yes i do my well our brother-in-law and sister-in-law they it's the, the same story mm -hmm. they ashton will be a um he is a senior this year and then they have their youngest is a is a girl and um she's in preschool mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. I mean, they had three boys mm -hmm. and it was like, I remember um, when Jenny was pregnant with their third, she was like, you know, I could kind of go either way. Like we know how to do boys. Yeah. And so I, so when she found out it was a boy, she was like, I know how to do this. Right. And then um, however many years, three or four years later, when Quinn came along, she was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. It's completely different. Yeah. And it, so it's the same. I mean, yeah. she's got three older brothers mm -hmm. and um, so she's rough and tough, but she's mm -hmm. also like very, very princessy. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's funny to hear you talk. Yeah. So I'm like, yep, they live that life too. Yeah. We can relate. So um, that's fun. Um, so I want to hear you are someone who, um, I know you have a passion for Chillicothe. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've said it, but also you live it mm -hmm. and your life speaks that and screams that. Um, so as you have been praying over our city mm -hmm. and over our community, um, what's the Lord been showing? Yeah. Great question. I love that you asked that. Um, you know, I think, you know, I've been here for most of my whole life and, and this might be really just for the community, like the church community. But, you know, when you ask that question, 
for me, it's stay faithful. You know, it's um, whatever, wherever, whatever God has for you, like stay faithful. Um, and I'll throw out a funny Christian word, but steward what you have. I said it, I think I said it before, but um, it's a funny word. I don't think you've ever, you don't ever hear it anywhere in any other business or any other. I'm just going to steward what I have. And, and really people say things like manage or oversee. And I think steward what we have, manage what we have. Um, God's entrusted us with so much. And, you know, maximize that, take care of it. And when those opportunities come, like, you know, as they come and God gives, like and provides, and he will continue to do so. But um, stay faithful, steward what you have, and then stand firm. Um, stand firm in the truth. Stand firm in what God has given us. Um, I think it's so easy in Southern Ohio and Chillicothe to, um, I think it seeps down into just our individual culture of, well, but I'm not that, or we're not that, or we're not as nice as that. And it's like, that's okay. Be true to who God has called you to be. Stay faithful with that. Stand firm in that. And so um, those are just some th thoughts and ideas as I prayed for, you know, our community. Um, really, maybe our, our church and pastoral community is just just stay faithful. Mm -hmm. And I heard, I asked, um, I think it was Pastor, Pastor Mark of Open Door. It was before the holidays. You know, he's been in ministry for 30 some years now. And I said, At, if you can. And, you know, a minute or two minutes of your time, give me one thing that you have learned, your greatest thing. And I don't know if it was just off the cuff. And he said something just really poignant. And he said, we have to teach people that there is sacred in the routine. And I thought, Ooh. man, that is, yeah, right? That's real good. But yeah, that hit me, like sacred in the routine because... Again, we always, it's so easy in our world and even in, in small town Ohio, well, we're not Columbus or we're not Cincinnati or I'm not this. I don't have these things. And it's like, we always want something bigger, something better. And it's like, no, there's, there's sacred in who God has called you to be. There's mm -hmm. sacred in the routine, right? Um, it's so easy in, in church world too, to want the shine. I call it the shiny ball. We want flashy things and we want to grow this way. And it's like, no, like there's sacred in the routine, even in our individual walk with God. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we're always looking for the next greatest mm -hmm. thing. Right. And the next greatest revelation of something that's like, mm -hmm. well, no, actually, how about we just, I heard another concept, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but I don't know the pastor or the author, I think Wayne Grudel, maybe he said, beautify the basics. Mm -hmm. I was like, cause it's so easy to get trapped into. I want more or God give me more. And it's like, no, no, no. Like the principles that have been around and for thousands of years are still true. Right. Mm -hmm. Spend time with God, read the word of God and um, worship him. Like just beautify the basics, get better at the basics. And so anyway, um, I think those are just some things like I'm just praying over our community yeah. is just stay faithful. Yeah. Um, steward what you have, stand firm with what you have, and uh, let's just see what God can do through that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that. And there's an author that I really like, um, Havila Cunnington. She is out at Bethel, mm -hmm. and she always says, like, you know, sometimes you just got to, in like being back in the basics and stuff, she's like, just do the last thing that God told you to do. Yeah. Like, instead of chasing after mm -hmm. the next thing, like, do the last thing mm -hmm. that he said and do it well and, do it well. and stay mm -hmm. there until it's done well. And mm -hmm. then when he's ready for you to move on, he'll show you mm -hmm. where to go. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's something that I need to be reminded of. I mean, I think we all need to be reminded of it because it is the culture that we live mm -hmm. in. Um, we're doing a, a study on Daniel right now and just the whole like Babylonian empire mm -hmm. and like how it's just, want more and more and the mm -hmm. extravagance and mm -hmm. the indulgence of all the things more. And it's like, no, like just yeah. the basics just steward basics. what mm -hmm. you have. And, and as you are faithful with mm -hmm. what you have, he'll, he'll mm -hmm. provide more and mm -hmm. he'll provide advances. And yeah. Stuff. And I, you know, I go back to you again. I, I don't know. I, I, I should ask my own kids, I reckon, but um, you know, but in overall, like our, our, this generation of students or, you know, young college age, you know, for me again, it was, I can't wait to leave and I'm never coming back or I'm never leaving. I'd love to know like the psychological breakdown of our, our students now, because I think that's true, right? It's like, so therefore there's this, always this chase to not like what you have. Mm -hmm. And so like that for me is, you no, know, just stay, stay faithful. Like yeah. you're here for a purpose. 
And if you're, but if your mind is always on, well, I, I belong there. I need to be there. I can't wait to leave here. Well, then we're not being faithful to what God has yeah. already given for us. And, and then we wonder why, why God's not blessing where it is that we go to, um, because we haven't been faithful to what he's already given us. Yeah. So I love that. Um, okay. So switch gears just mm-hmm. for a little bit. Okay. Um, so, you know, like we said, like we have been connected, but not truly connected. So like, I know things about your life, but not in depth. And so one thing that I have always wondered Mm -hmm. is every year I see it pop up on Mm -hmm. Isaiah's birthday. And it's funny because I wanted to talk to you about this. And then I saw that it was his birthday and I was like, well, the timing of that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to hear his story. I want to hear. Yeah. So um, try to do it without being too emotional, but so it's funny every time, every year we, you know, uh, my wife and I have the conversation of should we should we post and and remind people his his story because we all have a story and for us it's a no look what look what God has done um, and he is a testimony and we all have testimonies and my gosh like we should share them because one we always need to be reminded mm-hmm. and two we never know the impact that story will have for someone else and so Isaiah so yeah he just turned eighteen on Sunday. And honestly, Elena, we never, um, we never knew what his life would look like. Um, so he was born, um, severely premature. He was, um, 16 weeks early. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, it was a Super Bowl weekend, obviously. And, um, I get a call. I was actually going from class to class. I was um, a student at Regent university and, um, a friend of mine, um, caught me coming out of the elevator and said, Hey, Amber just got a hold of me. Like you need to, you need to meet up with her. And so went home and found out that she was, um, uh, going into labor and, uh, went to, you know, just her, her, you know, her normal doctor in Chesapeake, Virginia. And, um, funny story there, like the doctor who is over, um, labor delivery where Isaiah was born, um, in Norfolk, told the paramedics, hey, make sure you take him to, they have a really good um, nationwide, it's a NICU hospital, and you, you've got to take them there. And the paramedics are like, no, we're taking him to a different hospital because that's where we have jurisdiction. And so I'm literally fighting with the paramedics, like in the elevator saying, you know, I will throw down because like, we've got to get him where he needs to be. And so anyway, we get there and they get her under control for a couple of days. Obviously, at that point, um, the, the plan is to just keep Isaiah inside as long as possible. And my, my wife is so, so strong and so incredible. She uh, was able to hold on for a few more days. And uh, ultimately, Isaiah was born, yeah, February 12th, 2005. Really early, weighed two pounds, one ounce. He uh, was just almost translucent. I could hold him literally in the palm of my hand. And, um, he, uh, what we found out was, you know, we didn't really know, like, we didn't know what we're dealing with. Um, you just know like, Hey, there's this little baby. And, um, and so we learned a lot over the next several months. Um, he was in the, in the NICU for five months to the day. Um, he was on a, uh, breathing machine for, 70, my, my mind's getting a little, a little old, but 74 to 77 days. He was on, um, yeah, he was on breathing, breathing tubes, couldn't breathe on his own. And, um, what we found out was, and this is really cool. So our, his primary nurse to this day, we're friends with. And so like, we, they have seen each other since, but like when Isaiah was like really young, but, um, she was a godsend, she was an angel. And so what we found out was statistically, um, white babies, white boys. So they call it wimpy white, white boys. Uh, statistically they have the low, um, the lowest survival rates in the NICU. And, and so like we get hit with that information, like, oh gosh, like we already, obviously now he's frail. Um, and then now like he's got statistically, um, by ethnicity, he's, he's got the lowest chance to survive. And so, um, yeah, so that was our life for five months and just going into the NICU, he's had, two surgeries when he was in the NICU. Um, he had a, there's, there's, it's called a PDA ligation, which part of when a baby first is born naturally, they, when they kind of let, let out that first cry, like, um, their, 
uh, flap will open or close. Well, his never did. And so they had to go in and surgically take care of that. Um, and then with preemies, their, um, their eye, his eyes hadn't fully, the blood vessels hadn't fully formed uh, in his eyes. And so they have to laser surgery and cut out all the dead uh, vessels. And uh, so he really doesn't, he doesn't have good um, uh, panoramic side wide view um, in his eyes. And, uh, and so, yeah, anyway, um, NICU life for five months to the day we were told, um, I don't know, at some point it was, it was early on the first month or so, uh, we would go in, um, every evening from like four till whenever they kick us out 10 o'clock. And so we'd catch the doctors doing their rounds and then spend the evening, um, in there. And, uh, one night we came in and, um, his, they would turn his oxygen up based on how he's doing, obviously how his lungs were doing. Well, um, he had a collapsed lung. He had pneumonia also developed in his lungs. And so we had walked in and his oxygen levels were, you know, you're trying to get him down to nothing. And they had him up to like a hundred and like, we're like, what is going on? We thought we had made some progress and doctors pulled us aside, took us into a little room and said, Hey, um, we're not sure he'll make it tonight. And I was like, whoa, like, what do you mean? Like, that was, that was real. Um, and uh, so we obviously spent the day just in his room, praying over him. You know, you're in a, you know, just a uh, sur surreal environment. You know, there's four or five, six other babies and, you know, a lot of buttons and bells going off. And um, you're just praying, God, like, get us, get us through this night. And uh, thank God um, he... He survived the night and uh, um, was able to uh, overcome that and just slowly and steadily um, was able to um, make progress. And uh, lo and behold, here, here we have an 18-year-old. Um, so, yeah, he, we were told all the things like we don't know the quality of his life. Um, we don't know his long-term vision. Um, by the age of, you know, four or five, he'll have to have additional surgeries, which – you know, he's, he's had some corrective eye surgery since, but um, we don't know about, you know, um, because of the impact on his lung, we just don't know how the quality of his life will be and, um, you know, all the things. Um, but we, we uh, every night, Elena, we would, and I just, I kind of, every year I'll go back and just listen to this old Michael W. Smith song. And I don't know why this was the song, um, an old song that just literally would just repeat the lyrics, let it rain. Mm -hmm. And then it would say like, open the floodgates of heaven and just let it rain. And we literally every night, um, I don't know what we had. I'm sure we had a phone or something, but we would play that over his little, his little box. And uh, we pray over him every night and just cry over him every night. And, uh, and so anyway, God, God, uh, used the team there and God provided miracles obviously in his life. And, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's healthy. He's strong. He's mm -hmm. smart. You know, all the things that they prepared us that he may not be, um, he may and not be able to, athlete, yeah, so I mean, he, like... he, he plays sports, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, I, even last night we're outside and uh, he's playing basketball and I, you can hear some, you can still hear that wisp in his lungs. And it's like, even last night I was like, dude, are you okay? And it, it just, that's just normal for him. Mm -hmm. And it's like something that just his body has just adapted to through the years, but there's still this little gas, but oh my gosh, you know? Um, but yeah, he's plays uh, baseball and basketball and uh, no limitations and physical limitations. Um, God has just been so faithful and uh, he is quite frankly, our, our testimony and our yeah. miracle boy and um, all the things that they prepared us for ha hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. like I said, it's, it's one of those things where I see it pop up every year and I'm thankful yeah. for it because it's just like, it's just the reminder of like mm -hmm. what God can do and, mm -hmm. and his faithfulness. Yeah. So, um, but I have always wanted to know yeah. like the story. So yeah, that's it. That's the story. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Interrupting this podcast for just a quick second to tell you about my wonderful partners that I have. I have partnered with three local businesses here in town to help with my podcast, and they have been absolutely amazing. Roast Coffee, Sweet William Blossom Boutique, 
and Maggie and Me Candle Company. These three businesses have been absolutely incredible. I know I just said that. I'm repeating myself because when something is important, you repeat it. <laughs> uh, but truly, they have provided coffee. They have provided flowers. They have provided candles that have made everything about the podcast experience so special. You know, when you can sit down with someone and offer them a yummy coffee to drink and sip on as we pour it out, it is really special. When they come over and they sit down and there are beautiful flowers on the table, it is really special. And when they walk in my home and it smells good and it just makes it feel a little more homey and a little more inviting, well, it makes it even more special. So each of these businesses have partnered with me in a different way uh, to just make the whole recording experience really special. And I am so, so thankful. I'm so thankful for the ways that they have encouraged me, that they have poured into me so that I can pour out to others. <laughs> that sounds really cheesy, but it's the truth. And just the way that they have supported me, our community, we are so, so blessed to have a community uh, that truly, truly supports one another. And I am so grateful for their help, for their investment. And I invite you to go check them out. If you need a good cup of coffee, if you need a good lunch or a good breakfast, go check out Rose Coffee. They are fantastic. Their baristas are wonderful. If you are looking for the perfect pick-me-up gift for someone, if your friend is having a hard day or if they, uh, I had surgery last month, and, or two months ago, I'm sorry, and um, I walked out one day and there was a beautiful pink box waiting for me with chocolate-covered strawberries, and it made my whole day. It just cheers you up. Um, and they also, Sweet William Blossom also has the most beautiful flowers. They are unique and gorgeous. They have gourmet apples. I have a few friends that would give about anything for one of their apples. They are absolutely delicious. And they will even cut them up for you. So um, if you don't want to go through the process of cutting the apple up or if whoever you're getting it for, you want to make it a little easier, you can ask them and they'll slice it on up for you. And it's so, so yummy. And then Maggie and Me Candle Company, they are creating the most unique candles all the time different themes, different scents, making it look fancy, making it look fun. They're just absolutely wonderful. Check out these small businesses here in town. You can, um, I have individual interviews with each of the owners. You can listen to those, hear their heart and how they get start, how they got started in the business. And then also you can go uh, check them out on social media. Go to my webpage, www.alanabeverly.com, and you can get all of the information there uh, for how to contact them. So go check them out. Let them know I sent you, and let's get back to today's episode. Okay, so one thing, um, and I've told you this, this is one thing that I've said often to you, is I love your heart for unity, mm -hmm. and I see you um, consistently pouring into other pastors. Mm -hmm. I see you consistently showing up, um, in the community when there's things going on. Um, just all the things mm -hmm. like you can tell when somebody really cares about unity mm -hmm. and when they just say they care mm -hmm. about unity. Um, and you're somebody who lives that out. And then I've noticed you over the past few months going to like the pastor's thing mm -hmm. on Thursdays and, um, and so I just kind of want to chat about mm -hmm. that. Like, what is, what is that for you? Like mm -hmm. where, what does unity look like for mm -hmm. you? Where does that passion come from? And also for people who pastors are not, mm -hmm. um, what does that look like to, to really walk in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great, great questions. First of all, like you, you are the chief <laughs> unity uh, in, in the kingdom and certainly in Chillicothe. Like you are really inspirational in that. Mm -hmm. And like, I pray that every church and pastor has 
Elena's at their church that are one encouraging because you're an encourager and you live and breathe kingdom church work, not just for um, your church that you attend, but like literally the church and your involvement with, you know, the pastors and Jeanette, Denise with National Days of Prayer, National Day of Prayer is like legit inspiring and we need more of that. And um, so for me, Gosh, it's a great question. I really, it's funny, Pastor Sean and I were just talking about this the other day. We think we were both at a meeting like in the early 2000s, mid maybe maybe mid 2000s, before, way before Centerpoint. I think it was after we had moved back and to Chillicothe. And so he would have been like newer. And I think we were at the same meeting and it was this attempt to bring churches and teams and pastors together. And I won't say where, because where it's, where it doesn't matter and who was leading it doesn't matter the the intention was incredible and so i was the new young guy and um i didn't know pastor sean i don't know if we were actually at the same meeting or if we just had a different meeting but the same mm -hmm. reaction to it and we sat in at in this um part of the church for probably two hours and i don't know how many churches were there um i would say at least a dozen plus here in the area, maybe 20 churches and some of their pastoral staff and leaders. And I remember after about two hours, I didn't speak, you know, cause I didn't, I wanted to be respectful. And I, I always have to process like who all's in the room and what's at play, what are we trying to accomplish, et cetera. And um, about two hours in, like we were gaining no ground and it was literally, it was a waste of my time. And I, the only thing I said in this meeting was, if this is what church unity is, count me out. Like, because if we're just going to come together and bicker over who can do what, I'm out. And um, I don't know what ever happened to that group after that. If they did anything, I, I think we see the fruit of it now. Um, and so I think for me, like this, go back, when you look at just Appalachia in general, I think in Southern Ohio, there's this, and I think it's, I don't think it's unique to our area. I do think it is something the enemy has used in church world um, for decades upon decades. It's that we can't work together. We can't pray together. We can't even have coffee together. It's I'm going to do my own thing and that's it. And I think um, historically, I know Pastor Chris's dad, um, Pastor Eric, and there was a group of, I think it was Father Rick Terry and um, a couple others that like, they, they would get together and pray. And it would break my heart to hear that there was like two or three of them. I'm like, gosh, there's how many churches in the area? Mm -hmm. Dozens upon dozens upon dozens. And I mean, you, you experience it with mm -hmm. National Day of Prayer. Like mm -hmm. the, the amount of churches that, and pastors that, you know, are involved is, it's kind of mm -hmm. sad to me. Um, and so anyway, like there's this psychological mindset of I'm going to hold on to mine and I'm not going to work together. And um, that breaks my heart because it's not about for me like i've been a part of center point now for almost you know what 14 years it's not about center point like good gracious like god's kingdom is so much bigger than what we're doing and there's so many incredible churches mm -hmm. so many incredible pastors right here in chillicothe mm -hmm. um and and i know like even a few weeks ago i met somebody here and uh, newer to the area and they were you know hey we're works we just moved in from, you know, where, wherever, and we're looking at a few different churches and I'm like, like, go where, like, we're this, I love our church, mm -hmm. but I will give you a list of great churches mm -hmm. and pastors, um, in our area and please go. And it's not about us. And so anyway, unity, like, um, I just think for me, like my personal, uh, my personality is a connector anyway. Um, I want to be a bridge where my, connect people to people. And I think the same for churches, like we should be connected. And I think there's this, like, I know going back, you know, again, 15, 20 years ago, I think we were, what it was, we were trying to plan either an outreach or some big um, worship event. Mm -hmm. And so then you get into, well, who's going to speak mm -hmm. or who's going to lead? We got to have all like this church lead worship. And then you start, then now I'm going to hold on to mine. And it's like, no, like, I think we can all have different expressions of how we do a Sunday service. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Like that's how, like it should be designed mm -hmm. because um, they, there should be different styles of churches that are going to reach different groups of people. 
And, but that doesn't mean that pastors and churches can't be united together because at the end of the day, like our goals are the same. And I think what's happened is, and again, it's not unique to us, but our Southern Ohio, it's we compete literally for the same group of church people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a lost and hurting, dying world out there. And why am I going to compete over the person going to another church or loosely going to another church down the road? No, no, no. Like, how about you reach who God's called you to reach mm-hmm. and you, you reach and we'll do the same. But then let's get together and like, how can we how can we do this together? And so I think what you're seeing now, Elena, is and you've been in the trenches with it, like, and I'm sure for you, there's probably been some frustration of why I don't understand why we're all not together. Right. Uh-huh. And I share that. But I think like. Um, I would encourage you and, and even for me, it's like this work, the soil concept, like just keep working it. You know, mm-hmm. God's going to keep providing and he'll bring in the right people. And you're seeing the fruit now of um, many, many years and prayers of, you know, I go back to again, like I know 20 plus years ago when there was a small group of pastors just praying together. And so now you're seeing two decades later, the fruit of it. And it's great, but you're still, you know, what, 10, 12 of us together. Um it's still just a small percentage of, you know, um, people and you know, ministers in our area. And, and so I read a book, um, a great book um, by Eugene Peterson, the pastor. Mm-hmm. And he just outlines like his memoir, basically, of um, his 40 years of ministry in the Baltimore area. And it was really convicting to me um, when I read it a few years ago, because he he was doing the same thing. He was meeting with rabbis in the area. He was meeting with, you know, the priests in the area and other local pastors in the area. And I was like, why? Because he wanted, he wanted to learn. He wanted to know like, hey, we're in this together and it's okay to have a different expression, but we're still in this together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so anyway, that's, that's my heartbeat on it is we're on the same team and it's okay that what you do might look differently, um, that's okay. Like that's actually beautiful. Like yeah. it's beautiful how God has given you um, what He's given you, and so let's figure out. Like let's just make sure that we're we're united, we're unified in our kingdom work. Yeah. So, how's it been for you? Because you are kind of like one of the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Like how's it been on those Thursdays? Like how's yeah. it been for you to join into that? So even it's funny. Like I don't like. I do. Maybe it's insecurity or fear. Like even this, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. Like I'm, I uh, don't, you know, I'm, uh, even in ministry, like I don't have anything of value to add to you. And so um, I kind of dragged my feet for a while. Um, I would go every once in a while where I'd kind of go in, get my coffee and leave, you know, um, it's, it's great. Like it's great. It, it's, um, you know, I think even in the last few months, like I've heard language like, well, this is my church. This is my small group. And, and, um, you know, my heart breaks, you know, for the, for pastors, you know, um, years ago, like that's my biggest heart is for pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where you see the expression of unity for, at a pastoral level. And so a couple of years ago, I had the honor of going to up in Seattle and, um, go to a church and they, they were celebrating, um, a pastor that had, I think, 35 years of ministry. And I thought, like, I one, I want to be around that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to be around, you know, the young guys. And we, you know, we're kind of in the middle, right? But, you know, the people that are just starting out and um, they grow up fast or whatever. And I'm like, I just hit a season. I think it's just my age where I want to be around people that they've done it for a long time because they have so much to offer. Mm-hmm so much wisdom there and for me at a practical level i want pastors to stay in the game yeah and um we i don't know the current data and i know it's not good the amount of pastors that are um leaving um whether forced or because of a failure or they're just they're just tired Mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart i think i think there are times when we do we do graduate it's time to move on um, but those that are just throwing up their hands saying, I'm done, like that breaks my heart. And, um, I think they should be able to stay in as, as long as God allows them. And, um, and so like, that's for me, my biggest thing to bring people together is, Hey, like we're in this together, mm-hmm. let's root each other on, let's figure some things out. And if I can help you or you can help me, then let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we need strong churches and strong pastors, um, in our world. So. 
I love it. I love it. I love walking in on Thursdays and seeing you guys. And, um, you know, it's just been neat because when, when it started over COVID, it was like Aaron and Sean mm-hmm. and Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once COVID was over and stuff to see a few more kind of add in mm-hmm. and then, you know, whatever, but then to now walk in and like the mm-hmm. whole table is full. Yeah. And, um, and to hear you guys, like I, what I love about it is that like, you look over, you're always laughing, mm-hmm. you're always, and it's just, is like, I don't know, refreshing mm-hmm. is what, like, it's refreshing for me to see, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's gotta be so refreshing for mm-hmm. you guys to mm-hmm. just, um, you know, I talked to somebody not long ago and they said that where they used to live, the pastors would all get together and it was just more of like a, um, well, this is what we're doing at our church and Mm -hmm. you need to come support it and you need to come be a part of it and you need to give to it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't like, that's not what that group is. Like you guys Mm -hmm. just, I love that Mm -hmm. you're able to like talk about the things, but then laugh and just connect in a level that like the rest of us can't connect with you because we don't lead churches. Right. And I think too, like the beautiful part of it is like, there's literally like every denomination, Uh like we don't agree on, every piece of doctrine mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't matter like we're we agree on the main things right yeah. and it's like no we have something to, to add and just to be able to relationally connect and i think too like you pointed it out but and i again go back for me decades ago when their churches don't play nice together mm-hmm. and um for the for the world lack of a better term to see like wait a minute there's a group of pastors that they seem to like each other. Yeah. Even though they lead different denominational churches, they have different doctrinal statements. They can have coffee together and it looks like they like each other. Okay. I'm paying attention to that. Yeah. And so like, that's to me, like there is a secondary benefit to people that are coming in. And um, so, yeah, it's been really cool to be a part of it, even though I don't think I add anything. I'm just the, I'm just the, I'm just the, you know, the guy that comes in and just hangs out and I just listen to everybody else because they're the, they're definitely all the smart oh, ones. Oh, I doubt that. No. I highly, highly doubt no. that. Um, okay. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you're like, I want to make sure that I say this? Mm, goodness well, gracious. I got a microphone in front of No, me. I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question, but no, I, I don't. I just echo, you know, just the conversation. Uh, just thank you for your time. So Yeah. Well, I always end it with, like what's, you know, we talked about like mm-hmm. what you feel God's saying over chill coffee, but what's he speaking to you personally yeah. right now? That's a great question. So, um, I don't know how God works for you in your life when he reveals things, speaks to you, but I'm in a season where I'm not getting the full picture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we talked about like organization and administration before we went on the air and, um, I don't like just getting snippets <laughs> and, uh, God is in a, give me snippets season. And so be- right before the end of the year, it's maybe the first, second week of December, I was just walking through, um, our church lobby on a, like a Tuesday or Wednesday and out of nowhere, the spirit just dropped something on the inside of me and it was two words, make room. And so then I'm like, make room. What? Okay. For what? Right. Cause then I go into like, I'd make room for what? And just felt like the Holy spirit impressed for me is like, for my spirit, for make room for my spirit. And so I think there's an individual application. There's a corporate application, I think, for our church and for the church. Um, and so, like, I'm in this season of, okay, God, like, I'm making room for what? And I've got not gotten that for what? It's just make more room for my spirit. And now it's beginning that process of, okay, but something has to purge. And, um, what do I need to get rid of? Because to make room for something, you have to get rid of something. And so that's where I'm at. I'm in this make room season and I wish God would give me the whole picture and it's just not happening, unfortunately, but I think that's how God works. And so it's trust. Are you going to keep walking, being faithful and obedient? And so, um, hopefully at the end of the year, I'll have a better picture. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'll be in a a full on fight, fight with God about it. So, but yeah, make room. That's really good. That's really good. I mean, I feel like he's saying that all across. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel him saying that too. Like, I don't know. It's been a personal journey Mm -hmm. um, over the last few months for me of just um, kind of the same thing of just like 
purging yeah. a lot, a lot of mindsets, a lot of mm-hmm. um, just things reprioritizing, mm-hmm. um, reprioritizing time and priorities, like what's really mm-hmm. important and how do you make time for that and mm-hmm. stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, make room. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. So. Well, I want to thank you. And I also, real quick, I want to say a public thank you um, because I think, you know, you have become, and I've told you this, but you're one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because I feel like you have, um, especially over the past few years, you've done such a good job of supporting people, not just pastors. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. talked about the pastor thing, but you've done a really good job at loving people well. Mm -hmm you, um, your heart for people shines through Mm -hmm. and in a, in a season of year, the past few years where there's been a lot of division over Mm -hmm. a lot of different things and a lot of different topics. Um, there's been a few select voices that have really just championed unity Mm -hmm. and championed trying to see both sides of different Mm -hmm. topics in different situations. Um, and not really like, there are some things that I know about you that you will dig your heels in and stand mm-hmm. on and fight, fight mm-hmm. for. But there are other things, a lot of other things that you are willing to take the step back mm-hmm. and look and see both sides. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally, I've thanked you in private for it, but mm-hmm. I just want to publicly say like, thank you for mm-hmm. being an example of that as someone in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's been really encouraging Mm -hmm. and again, refreshing to see, like, I don't know, you know, there's such polarizing things and Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about one specific Mm -hmm. topic. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about all of them, but you know, there are things that we have our hills that we're willing to die on, but Mm -hmm. then we can't be willing to die on every hill and to be able to have the humility mm-hmm. to step back and say, maybe I'm wrong on this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to check out the other side and I'm going to check out and I'm going to listen and I'm going to have face-to-face conversations mm-hmm. with people to get their perspective. Um, you have been somebody mm-hmm. who has really actually lived that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. So yeah. thank you. Oh, I appreciate those words. Thank you. So thank you for being here and We'll go enjoy this beautiful sunny day that Jesus gave us. It's going to be windy too. So there, have that. (laughs) Have that sunshine and wind. It's better than snow. (laughs) uh, Yes, probably true. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Pour It Out with Alina Beverly. I hope and pray that whether this was your first time listening or your fifth time listening or even more than that, Um, I pray that you were encouraged. I pray that it pushed you closer to Jesus. I hope that you have enjoyed this look back episode and that you will join me for more as we continue to look back over this month of August. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll join you back here soon for another episode.